0: Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're revisiting all those amazing reality shows that, unfortunately or in some cases, fortunately, only had one season. I'm your host, Frank the III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us as we delve into the finale of Gallery Girls. We have reached the end of our journey with the Gallery Girls. Today we're going to be discussing the finale episode, which is Wrap Your
1: Trouble in Dreams sure which i don't understand but okay right yep fine (laughs) i am sad that it's over though i know
0: i am too i am too we'll talk a little bit about it later but um i'm i'm sad about the last episode
1: yeah yep yeah do you have any house cleaning before we begin? i do i'm
0: so prepared i already have it pulled up and everything oh right um uh chris m mass c1 uh tweeted us on march 18th and said just listen to the latest episode and first thing i noticed was how clear and in stereo frank sounded such a good episode thank you so much Chris." Uh-huh. Again, we will thank listener andy for the lovely new microphone um we played with the volume a little bit more today so hopefully it will continue to sound better um and then our sleazy t hit us up taylor anderson and um said that she's never, never heard of Flossmore. She's gonna have to ask, um she's gonna have to road trip and ask about Claudia. And um she wants to know if she should try to be friends with her in Chicago. If she has ear, nose and throat problems, brain or spine, maybe she'll get to see her. Yeah. Um, so I'm all for that. Definitely. Mm-hmm um and then loose intervention lou at loose intervention tweeted us and said catching up and she died about the chevy chase versace story um getting robbed by drag queens which me too when it happened i was living for it it's like one of my favorite stories ever I where's the Googled, mini where's the mini series about that or like i don't know ryan murphy needs to make it and i really yeah. should have done some googling to see if i could find i mean it, it happened over 20 years ago but i should have like done some googling to see if i could find like an old article from the post or something on it. i
1: hope all fun. their mug shots they're like decked out they never got caught. Oh, okay. They
0: never, that's the best part. They totally got away with it.
1: Like, Can you imagine if caught. in their mugshots they were all decked in Versace, though? <laughs> Incredible like an episode of Pose. Yeah, that's it. That's it for House Cleaning. Oh, that's or good. Twitter, anyway. Yeah. So my final caddy catalog. I went back and forth about who to profile with episode eight, given that we did all of the main cast members, and Angela's friend Alex does do some interesting work now, mm-hmm. um, but he's basically. He's a writer and he's written for some notable publications and that's really it. And it wasn't that exciting. Okay. And given that the show is gallery girls, I wanted to finish with another lady. I like that. So our final caddy catalog is Miss Lara Hodulik. Oh, from yeah. the century. Yes. So Lara is from upstate New York and she went to the Laboratory Institute of Merchandising in New York. Never even heard of it same. Um, so then of course I looked up the school, they have 1500 students total and it is fashion focused. So I think it's almost like FITM. Okay. Um, or Parsons or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So she graduated in 2009 with a degree in virtual merchandising. Oh, all right. so like running stores basically. Yeah. Um, so after end of century, which is listed on her LinkedIn profile as ending in February of 2013 is that what Chantal said too? I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, but as we know, she started that other store with Chantal called of us. Yeah. That was a very similar vibe to end of century, like local artists, art and clothing and jewelry and all that stuff. Um, and she also worked with Julie Tevino designs for seven years. Oh, So, and then she has been an assistant buyer with Horizons Vintage for seven years, which I guess is a big deal Brooklyn vintage store, because people seem to think it was very interesting in every interview that I read with her. And after a road trip with a friend, she decided to kind of explore her creative side and took up painting. Um, And she found that painting on silk was her favorite medium. Okay. Yeah, very, very niche. Um, So now she is also a textile artist and she sells her pieces in an online shop called Lara, Lara.
0: (laughs) And how much do they
1: run? I don't think they're crazy expensive. Oh, they're not? No, I don't think so. Um, So she says that she feels that Things have become so technical these days, especially in the world of fashion and art, that she really likes creating handcrafted pieces and she likes to use old silks and revitalize them. Well, of course, I would expect nothing less. Yes. Um, And her pieces are pretty, her, the thing, the pattern that she most often paints is sort of like these sixties inspired flowers, which are not quite my bag. Um, but the pieces are pretty and some of the vintage pieces that she sells are quite cool too. You can find them on Instagram. And then in one article I read, she said that she was planning a pop-up store in LA, which is where we know Chantal lives now. And I wonder if she helped. Um,
0: I'm going to guess not helped, but probably (laughs) like showed up, rolled her eyes for a bit and walked
1: around. Yep. And just hoped that it would fail. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but there you go. Lara still in the fashion world. She still has three jobs. Like she works at the vintage store. She does her own thing. And then she also, I think she's still at that um, design company too. So she's still got her hustle on. She said she wants to work as much as possible while she's still up to it.
0: So now was her degree in visual merchandising or virtual merchandising? Oh, what did I say? It's probably said, visual. I thought you said virtual. And the only reason I and trying- I probably meant visual. The only reason I was asking, because that sounds very, like, technologically based. And for her to be like, I think there's too much technology in the world. i like, if that's what your degree was in.
1: So my note does say virtual, but that could just be me as a web person typing fast. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> visual. Uh, because
0: who virtual knows? merchandising to me sounds like online advertising. Like, right. like you're promoting it online. So, I mean, that could 100% be a thing. It could also be that she got her degree
1: in that and then felt that things were too technical and she went old school.
0: Well, but I feel like if that is her degree and it truly is in virtual merchandising, that she should have been way better at advertising end of century. I know. Like ding dong. Like, shouldn't she be doing like tons of internet, like advertising for your own store and getting people in the door?
1: Yeah. Well then let's just assume it's a typo on my part and it's visual merchandising then. We'll give Lara the benefit of the doubt and not me. Fair (laughs) enough. Okay. So are you ready to start this interesting I episode am. i
0: just watched it this morning
1: okay so you are leaps and bounds ahead of me because i believe i watched this two weeks ago so
0: <laughs> yeah we're coming to you a little late because um we had some vaccination issue meredith and i are both fully vaccinated whoop, whoop. um and so two weeks ago um that like some of us weren't feeling very well and the weather was really nice so that's why we're coming to you a little late but it was well worth it because now we're all going to be super healthy and run around like the well for me anyway like the hoe that i am
1: did you see that thing that did you see that thing that went viral this week of a woman like getting on a plane and she said waxed and (laughs) waxed and (laughs) waxed baby yeah yeah there you go that's you i'm with her so we open the episode and we are at the Bluebell cafe with amy and maggie
0: which is temporarily closed it seems like it's temporarily closed because of covid but we'll be returning at some point so okay closed forever Okay. Also sidebar. I think this episode should not have been called wrap your trouble in dreams. It should have been called
1: Amy's redemption. I know. Really? So they start talking about Maggie quitting Eli Klein and she hasn't yet. And then Maggie discloses that Eli never made Liz do anything, which we've noticed. Yep. Um, And they talk a little bit about what happened in Miami with Liz and Amy says, the guy got too drunk, get over it. (laughs) Um, And then Maggie apologizes to Amy over this coffee and says that she really misjudged her. And which is very nice actually for someone of her age, especially, but then she kind of pins it on Liz and says that she was listening to Liz. Um, But the The apology was still heartfelt, so I'll give Maggie like a small point for that. um and Amy cries, and Maggie says that Ryan thinks Amy is the nicest. <laughs> and then is it Maggie who says that she realizes that Liz isn't really a great friend, or did Amy yeah. say that?
0: It's-, it's Maggie says it. and Liz basically says I mean uh, uh, Maggie says that, and Amy basically just says like that's why I was so hurt and confused is that, you know, Liz, treated me this way, and then everyone was believing her about it, and Liz is really the one at fault here. Liz is the one who, you know, takes you under her wing, acts like your friend, and then totally some small thing happens, and she writes you off forever.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, Also, there I thought it was
0: hysterical because of the entire episode. Like,
1: this was Amy's episode. Like, she's the only one that comes out of it looking amazing. I know. Well, and it was also- we'll talk about it later, but the juxtaposition of her- at Bernaducci Mizell versus her at Sharon's office. Yeah. We need to talk about that later. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, did you also notice the cafe was full of Christmas decorations? No. Yeah. So this was pretty close after Miami if we established that Art Basel was in December.
0: But the other thing that, like, the timeline is so confusing to me because um, of the surfing part. Like later when Maggie and Ryan's like wants to go surfing well, it's time for it gets too cold. I'm like, huh? Like it's too cold to go surfing in December. Yeah. That would have been like September, or October. Island. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks like they were wearing like, you know, 60 degree weather clothes. So I, I'm confused on that.
1: Yeah. The more reality TV I rewatch, the more I'm convinced that it is completely spliced together. Oh, like 100%. the hundred percent. Yeah. The timeline is just, the, I, there's no way you could possibly figure it out unless you devoted your entire life to it. Yeah. Which we were pretty close, but (laughs) (laughs) so uh, then we go to end of century. Well, quick, before
0: that, I have one quick thing to say about Amy that I thought was really funny. Yeah. At the very end, they're talking about uh, how the fact that they both live in Murray Hill. And Amy says, I might be looking for an apartment. I'm like, "You? you, are you in denial, bitch? Like you, you got two weeks to get out. Like you better be looking for it. What do you mean You, you might be looking for an apartment? Interesting. I didn't catch that at all. It was in passing when they she was like, oh, are you still in Murray Hill? And Maggie was like, yeah. She's like, I really like it. She's like, me too. And she's like, I might be looking for an apartment soon. And I'm like, what? Like your dad told you when you were in Miami and you just got back from Miami, but you have two weeks to get a job and get out of that apartment. Huh. So you need, you you definitely are looking for an apartment. <laughs> There's
1: no might about it. Interesting. So we go to end of century and Claudia and Lara are paying bills and they only have the funds to pay their rent. So they have their second final termination notice from the electric company, right?
0: Yes. Which made me laugh hysterically. Like how, how is it a second final termination? like, it's, I thought that you just get a final termination notice.
1: Well, I'm wondering how many chances they give people though.
0: I honestly don't know. Um, I know like when I was in my early twenties and my cable was getting shut off, like every five minutes, um, that they didn't play. Like there was no multiple notices. It was just like, you're late. We're cutting your cable off.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't really want to ever find out. Yeah, no, me
0: neither. <laughs> I have to set up an automatic pay, so it just pays itself.
1: Yeah. Um, so Chantal arrives with some wine from France because we hear again, I thought we heard this in the last episode, too, that she skipped off to Paris for a long weekend with Spencer, but she got really sick when she was there and was too sick to fly back.
0: And apparently was in the hospital.
1: Right. And so she ended up being gone for ten days. Yes. Yeah. Um, but she is ninety percent better. So this is the and final. Might
0: be moving to France.
1: Yeah, I know she dropped that out of nowhere. Um, so Claudia is, of course, very frustrated by these bills that they can't pay, and she says that it's going to mess with their credit, and she's correct. Um, and then they discuss whether or not they can sublet the store. I thought they leased it from the beginning. What do you mean? So they're going to keep their lease, but they're going to sublet it to somebody else? Well,
0: they probably are stuck in a lease. They're probably stuck in a year lease, and they're going to have to sublet it to someone else because otherwise they're paying a lease on a space they're not using. So at least if they're subletting it to someone else, the lease is getting paid. Right. Okay.
1: That's true. I forgot you can sublet a lease.
0: And usually a store (laughs) lease is more than a year. Like, who
1: knows how yeah. long they
0: signed a lease for? So they're probably thinking at least, because otherwise they're going to get sued and have to
1: pay the whole lease, whether they're it yeah. or not. True. So Claudia says they're wasting all this money and they're not making any money. And then Chantal says, I'm thinking about moving to Paris, honestly. Yeah, I not <laughs> <laughs> Like, also, she never did that. We know from her, her caddy yeah. catalog and her history, she never did that. Well, what
0: I don't understand about all of this, and it it honestly was hard for me to choose whose side to take in this, like Chantal and Lara. Versus I agreed quiet.
1: with and was mad at all of them. All
0: of them. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I, I would be livid if my store was floundering and my partner used money to fly to Paris when we can't play the electric bill. It's like give me a fucking break. Like, but it's not a cheap trip. No. Like that money could have gone to the electric bill. Easy yeah. Easy breezy. Yep. Um. I also understand. I mean, I felt like Claudia. Yes you shouldn't agree to be the art person in the gallery if you can't sell any fucking art. Like, and also the whole thing. I'm like, none of you should be doing this. Like it's,
1: you, you didn't plan, you didn't do well. I, it, the whole thing was a mess. So it's a mess because, so we understand that Claudia has more financial investment in it than they do because of her family. So she, yes. feels, she feels more pressure to get the bills paid, to make money, to pay her family back. Yes. Right. So there's that, which is that's important. Like you don't start a business to not make money. Right. 100%. So Lara and Chantal, Lara says, Well, we can't solve this right now. So why stress? Um, because we're not going to be able to turn the goddamn lights on. That's why. Well, and
0: that's, and the, the person that's going to
1: lose out the most
0: is, is Claudia. Family.
1: Right. So then they say, Which is, you know, it's interesting. They say, You haven't sold a single piece of art. Which at this point, I think when you see the electric bill notice, it's March. So they've been open for what? Maybe like six months? Yeah. That's, that's a valid point, right? Like they should, she should be selling some art by now. And then she says, well, people don't buy art the way they buy clothes. We market the clothes so much more than we market the art. And then it basically comes out that Claudia is the only one who works there. Like Laura and Chantal are never around.
0: Yeah, that's what it seems like.
1: So she's actually the one who's selling the clothes. So she's selling merchandise. She's just not selling art. So it's just like a big hot mess.
0: Well, and that's where I get confused too, because they keep acting. The other two keep acting like they are selling all these clothes. Like the Claudia is not selling the clothes. Like they're weirdly acting like they're selling. But like you said, I think Claudia is the one who's in the store all day, every day, ringing
1: people up. Right. Because Laura says, well, I'll be at work tomorrow. And Claudia looks her up and down and says, oh, I'd love that. Yeah. Clearly they're never there. She's the one who's there all the time.
0: So it's like they want credit for doing the order. They, you know, they want to like, oh, we picked clothes that people want to buy. So therefore we should be giving credit for this, even though they're not doing the actual selling. Right. That seems like that's the place where they're coming from, which is bullshit. Right. So now I'm 180. I'm team Claudia all the time.
1: Right. The only point that they do have is that Claudia should be, like, being a gallery director is kind of what Chantal said it is. Like, she, but she can't do that because she has to staff the store. Yeah. Right? Like, just big mess.
0: Or or pivot and stop fucking selling art. Just sell clothes. Like, if the clothes are selling and the jewelry is selling, like, why do you... Or, and the clothes can't be selling that well because all of the art pieces are there on consignment. So it's not like like the clothes you have to buy, like no, those clothes aren't on consignment. They had to purchase all that inventory and then yeah. they mark it up. All of the art is there on consignment, I think. So that hasn't cost them a dime, right. which is another facet of this. So yeah. it's not like Claudia is costing them money to have that art in there, but the clothes and the jewelry,
1: it is costing
0: them money because they had to buy it.
1: Yep. And, you know, what Claudia should do, but I think it's just like it's too bold and it's too scary because they're not there, is say, like, I can't work tomorrow. I'm going to this event. I'm going to try and, you know, schmooze for the sake of the gallery. One of you needs to be here to staff the store. Yeah. Yeah. And she feels like she trusted the wrong people. And Claudia is understandably very emotional. Well,
0: I still want to know why Chantal was stuck in Paris for 10 days in the hospital. Do you think it was a very serious case of ennui?
1: So she, well, she says later in the episode that it was like a lung infection or something.
0: Oh, how did I miss that? I,
1: I think that's, say that. so I think she got like a really bad cold or bronchitis. And then like and then a, a doctor, a doctor told her not to fly or something oh, like that. Gotcha. Which is, I guess, pretty scary. I mean, in yeah, a foreign for country. Sure. So we'll get to that later. So Maggie is at her apartment and she gets a phone call from Frank Bernarducci. Um,
0: from the Bertaducci at Mizell gallery.
1: I know. And I really like him. He's kind of, he's like the male Sharon. Like he's just like a, he's just very pleasant and fun. Um, and they talk about, they joke about Eli paying her to go to Miami. Um, and he wants her to come in sort of for a trial. It's not an internship. I guess it's a job. Um, they have an opening and they want her to, you know, stop by and kind of work it and see how she fits there. It reminded Um,
0: me of like when restaurant people have to go do like a stage.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like same kind of thing. Yep. Um, And so she, Maggie's actually very personable with him on the phone and she's excited. And then Ryan comes over and she tells him that she got an opportunity to, you know, get a paying job with this gallery. And he says, already better than Eli's. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan really grew on me. Yeah, I have to say, like, by the end
0: of the whole series, like, Ryan was my number one boyfriend. Yeah. Like, he's
1: supportive, he's funny, he's cute. Like, I'm here for Ryan. I know. And he was, like, very sweet with her mom. Yeah, totally. I know. So then Claudia has drinks with Angela at Elisa. Which is still open. Okay.
0: You could go have drinks there tonight if you're in New York.
1: Okay. Um, And... Angela's talking about finding a man and that she made the most essential purchase of her life. And she bought a Givenchy handbag.
0: She did. And I looked it up and today they currently run between like 2,500 and 5,000 for most of the Dora and Little like base models. And so 10 years ago, I'd imagine they'd probably be about the same.
1: Okay. Um, and she said she's been saving up for the bag for a year. Um, and now she's a real adult with a real adult handbag. Sure. Um,
0: here's the thing, um, Angela. If you are a real adult, you know that you should be putting that $2,500 to $5,000 towards, I don't know, a nicer apartment, maybe some investments, <laughs> not necessarily a handbag, but okay.
1: Yeah. Well, so this is where Claudia, understandably so, but messily so lets it all out about pretty much how much she hates Chantal to oh, yeah. Chantal's friend. Yeah. Which is well, a very early twenties thing to do.
0: <laughs> it It is. And here's the thing where I was, this is also again where I felt bad for Claudia because like later Angela claims that Chantal is her best friend. I thought all three of them kind of had an equal friendship. Me too. So if you go to one of your friends in the friendship and just need a night to like vent it is really shitty that that other friend then runs to the friend you're talking about and tells her everything and then embellishes to make it even worse. I know. It, it comes back you to know, bite. Like if you're in your friend circle, like you should be able to say like, oh, I just need to vent. And this is what's driving me crazy. And I need some constructive criticism and not worrying about the person immediately running back and telling the other person. I was mad at Angela about this. I thought it was really like dirty pool on her part.
1: Yeah. So to explain a little bit, Claudia tells Angela that Chantal is out of control. She was in Paris for 10 days and she went without saying anything. So totally is on brand. Yep. And then Claudia says, I think she was lying about her lung infection because she's a pathological liar. So that's where I found out it was a lung infection. She says she can't handle it anymore. She's thinking about quitting. It hasn't even been a year and she would rather take a full-time job, sublet the space and pay her mother back. Which Um, all of those
0: seem like reasonable ways out of this terrible situation they're in.
1: Yeah. And she says, I didn't know what it was like to work with Chantal. It's either we're hysterically laughing or we want to stab each other. Also tracks. Yeah. And she says, you know, Chantal wants to achieve a cult status. Whereas I want to make money and she says it's actually my money involved and it's frustrating to me that my friends don't see it as a priority to make it back also agreed 100% um and then she says that she wants to see end of century die if she leaves
0: <laughs> um what she actually said is that um she wants she kind of wants to see it she kind of wants to see it all burn nice yeah nice yeah which <laughs> I mean, angela thing, like angela was very offended by that she was, but I mean, like you're venting in the moment to your friend because you're so upset. You've had a couple of drinks, like you're go, you have all this stress and pressure. Like for Angela to go back and verbatim and add stuff, like it's crap. It's it's not it's not being a good friend to either of them.
1: No. Uh uh-uh. uh
0: She should have just offered constructive criticism and said like, "This is how I feel," or "Oh, I feel like that's a little too harsh. I don't think that Chantal would have lied about being." You know what I mean? Like we didn't hear her say any of that to Claudia. She just nodded her head and agreed with her, and then ran and told Claudia every. I mean, ran and told Chantal everything.
1: Yep. So then we witness Maggie's trial with Bernarducci, Mizel. Um. My note says Frank is so nice. He's like Sharon! Exclamation. <laughs>
0: um. I wrote Frank literally throws a dog at Maggie. She yeah, walks in the door and he's like, "Here, take Mookie. And yeah. dog at her. I'm
1: like, "Oh, oh my gosh!" We I we do dog person. We meet Pookie the dog several times this episode. It's a very yes. big deal. You have to get along with Pookie or you're fucked. You oh, can't no, work there. Oh it's not Pookie. It's um. Wait, I have it later in
0: my notes. Is, I thought it was Mookie, Moki, Mookie. Is it Pookie? I have it as
1: Pookie, but oh, I maybe I misheard. Maybe it is Pookie then. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> as the as the dog person on this podcast, who cares? Um so he gives Maggie a tour of the two exhibits. Um they are modern and contemporary, and he says that everybody who works there does a little bit of everything. And then do we know the his like gallery woman's name, the blonde woman? Yes, it's Marina Press, and she is the director. Okay, Marina. Mm-hmm. Um so let's see. Marina gives Maggie like a little pop quiz about like the things that they've gone over so far. And one of the questions that she asks Maggie is what are the names of the two exhibits? And Maggie can't fucking remember one.
0: No. And also, I mean, I felt bad for Maggie too because they expected her to be a barista, which she's not. So I mean- Clearly not. It's a little hard to work one of those espresso machines if you've never done it before. But Maggie's whole- the way Maggie approaches things is from a place of timidness. And that's yeah. the problem. Like she was so like, uh, 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 uh. And like he asked her to find the business cards. And like I was with her. Like, I wouldn't want to dig through my former employer's drawers either, looking for the business cards, but she also didn't really give it an old college try. Like as she kind of opened it, barely looked in the drawer,
1: like they were right there in the back. I know. So he has her go find business cards in his office because they're in the middle of an opening and he's running out at the front and you watch her in his office, just kind of timidly look around, but she respectably doesn't want to go into his drawers. Yeah. So she brings a smaller stack that was on top of his desk. And he says, there are no secrets here. Like go get them. Like you can root around in there and go get them. So she kind of does the right thing. You know, she basically asks if she can dig around for them first, but it also probably proved very quickly that she didn't listen to what he said in the first place.
0: <laughs> well, what she should have, I mean, if she handled it the right way, she should have gone in there, looked around, didn't see them and go back and say, Hey, I didn't see them at first glance. I don't want to root through your things without asking, is it okay if I really go through the doors to find these cards? Yeah. And he would have said, sure. And that would have been fine with him, I bet. Yeah. But her whole like, uh, I took three. And then when she went back and actually got them, I still feel like she only grabbed like five cards. I know. I would have gotten like an inch thick stack.
1: Damn, damn. I, yeah i do love this guy though he's very nice and he introduces maggie to like everyone who walks by and yeah. says like maggie may be joining us maggie works here maggie does blah um and he's just he's very sweet and you can tell that he's invested in the people who work for him just very quickly and <laughs> maggie thinks that it's like a swinging success and she says as she's leaving that she can't wait to tell eli she's leaving
0: dun, dun, dun. i know
1: And then we have a very boring scene with Carrie and her dad. Um, Calm down because I want to bang her dad. So I know dad. I said boring scene, boring boring.
0: scene. Um, They went to olive oils. Uh, They sure did. Named after the olive oil from Popeye and not the actual um, uh, olive oil itself. And I couldn't find it. Like if you Google olive oils on Long Island, all, all that comes up is places where you can buy olive oil. Like there's no, like I tried restaurant, I tried bar, I tried everything. So it may or may not still be in existence. I don't know. I couldn't even find
1: it on Google. Which it's also funny because the first thing Carrie's dad says to her is you're getting a little thin, (laughs) very, very olive oil. Um, so again, she's talks about, you know, juggling her internship with her job. It's the only topic that Carrie has. Um, and she needs to be available for her paying job all the time. And she does, it doesn't feel fair to her internship to kind of half-ass it. And She basically says, I just want to do it all. And her dad cuts her off and says, (laughs) when she says, I just want to, he goes, be rich. (laughs) (laughs) But that's it. That's like the whole scene. And Carrie really, I don't think she comes back in the episode at all. She doesn't. And that's why, that's the whole
0: thing. I'm like, it's, I mean, we all know from talking about Carrie in this podcast before, what was really going on behind the scenes. But at the same time, it's sad that she was
1: such almost an afterthought for the whole series. I know. Bravo did her dirty. They did. And then we get Angela getting ready. And she says that she's now in a very awkward position with Claudia and Chantal. And she needs to tell Chantal what she heard.
0: She's in an awkward position that she put herself in. Like, keep your fucking mouth shut and you wouldn't be in an awkward
1: position. Yeah. Um, So they are at the Fowler Arts Collective. Permanently closed. Okay. And Chantal and Angela and Chantal says that she may have a drinking problem, LOL. Sure. And then they go talk in the hallway and this is where, um, Angela completely throws Claudia under the bus and says that Claudia said Chantal's not pulling her weight. She's a pathological liar. She faked her, her Paris maladies to stay there longer. And Chantal says that that's pretty fucked up actually, because I was really sick in the hospital
0: the and, whole, I, I'm so annoyed by this. Like, Angela, you fucking cunt. If you wanted to handle, I mean, if you felt the need to say something, all she had to do was say, hey, Chantal, I had drinks with Claudia. shes It sounds like things are not going great at end of century, and she seems really unhappy. Yeah. Um, You guys should really work that. You should talk to her and work this out. Like right. that, that's all that. That's if she felt the need to say something, that's all she had to say. If she wanted to cover her bases, because she was afraid that it was going to get back to Chantal that she and Claudia met up, and somehow Chantal was going to find out that Claudia was trashing her, and Angela heard it. That's literally all she had to say was, "I talked to Claudia. It sounds like things are going rough over there. You guys should really talk and work it out." Done.
1: Yep. Yep. And Chantal's first reaction to hearing the pathological liar news about Paris, she's very flat about it at first. But then at the end of the scene, you watch her crying to Spencer and saying which, that it was really hurtful.
0: Which honestly, to me, it was almost like me thinks she doth protest too much.
1: I know. Like, I, thought I wondered that was too. a little
0: exaggerated if all of, if everything that Claudia said wasn't true. Like if it was me, I would be like, Whatever. I know, you know, it wouldn't hit you that. But the fact that she got that upset makes me think "Hmm,
1: maybe, you know, it was interesting. Exaggerate things a little bit. Could be. I mean, she was also she admitted that she was drunk at the beginning of the scene. So who knows? But it is there's something interesting about the Paris trip. I think that's where we can confidently say that there's something weird about this Paris trip.
0: Well, and also she was really annoying me the whole, I hate when people, I mean, I guess I did it in my twenties too, but the whole, I have a drinking problem was because she was drinking either wine or champagne out of the bottle instead of a glass.
1: Yeah. whatever. And
0: like, that's, doesn't make you look cool. 20 somethings here. I'm going to just put it out there. All you 20 somethings. If you're in a bar or a club and you're drinking wine or champagne directly from the bottle, it's fine, but it doesn't make you look super cool. Not as cool as you think it does. It kind of makes you look like a douche actually.
1: Yeah. There you go. So then we get a quick scene of Amy in her apartment applying to jobs. Um, She's looking for a new apartment and a new job and she sends a writing sample to somebody. I don't think we we see see. who, Oh, we did. We did see hundred percent. Cause
0: I wrote and I was like, Oh my God, she's sending a writing sample um, to the Bernucci gallery. I was like, this isn't going to end well, but I wasn't sure if it was going to come because I'd never seen the show before. So I wasn't going to sure if it was going to come back or not, but yeah, you're totally on her computer screen.
1: You could see right who she was sending it to. Okay and then Maggie is, is she on her way down to Eli? Is she talking to Ryan? Where is she? My note doesn't say. Oh, she goes to, no, no, no. She goes into
0: Eli Klein, and like they, it it was a little confusing because they made it seem like she arrived, but I believe it was actually, she'd been there all day, and it was the end of the day, and she kind of half-acidly tells Eli that she had an interview and that she's going to be leaving, but she never says, like, I'm leaving on this date, This is my last day. I mean, it's very, like, it was weird.
1: Also, rule number one, you don't quit until your new job is sealed with a signature.
0: No, and I almost peed my pants because my favorite, and she says, like, I'm going to get a a paid job somewhere. And Eli says, oh, yeah, well, I don't want people working for me for free.
1: (laughs) What? Yeah.
0: Everyone that works for you works for free. What are you talking about, Eli Klein?
1: Yeah. So then Maggie's doing that thing where she's, like, kind of spinning in the chair and, like, twirling her hair. And she says she thinks she's going to take the other position. They didn't ask for a reference. They just loved me. And Eli says they're getting a great asset. And my note says, did they fuck once? What the hell?
0: Their whole dynamic is is so creepy. It's It's so creepy. weird. Like, I feel like it almost waffles between creepy sort of did they did they not sexual tension and also like a very weird father-daughter vibe like it's it's weird like I don't it's weird I
1: don't like it I don't like it (sighs) and then Maggie leaves and says I really hope I get that job yeah well you just quit your Uh, current one so (laughs) um So uh, we're at end of century and there's a woman shopping while Claudia sits and watches her. So if that's how Claudia works the store, that might be a slight problem. Um, So then Angela apparently told Claudia, like, I blew up your spot to Chantal. She texted her and said, I I told Chantal.
0: So I will at least
1: give her credit for coming clean. I'll give her like 2% credit for that. Right. And then Claudia is gobsmacked and says, I said some crazy mean shit that you don't say to any friend's (laughs) face. And she says she may have really damaged the friendship. And if they hate each other, there's no way the business will do well. And then we have to watch her go to Chantal's.
0: Can we talk about the fact that Chantal has a fucking picnic table in the middle of her apartment?
1: Yeah, we can. What the fuck? I don't know. Like, Does fuck- you get any more hipster than that to have a goddamn no.
0: picnic table as your kitchen table, living room table, whatever the fuck it was. Like just stop it. Just stop it.
1: Yeah, no, it sure doesn't. Um, and they have a very painful conversation about what Chantal heard from Angela and what Claudia says. Um, Claudia denies parts of it, which is fascinating But she also does say that she was venting and, you know, she, she both denies it and owns it at the same time, which is an impressive maneuver.
0: Well, I thought the only thing that she denied was the not believing she was sick and she said you were under the guise of like, I was being sarcastic.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they pick at that for a second, but then. Chantal says, you know, you're in the wrong here. So apology accepted. (laughs) Um, And I don't entirely know where this conversation ends. Um, Like they clearly see the store and work very differently. Like they're both convinced the other one doesn't work hard and is seeing things wrong. Um, And they're, I don't know. Claudia says she's losing the passion to be in it. And if you don't want to do it, leave. And Claudia says, I don't think you're cut out. Or Chantal says, I don't think you're cut out for this much work.
0: Which almost made me fall off the couch. Like,
1: fuck Chantal.
0: You are doing no work. Like, so the work we think Chantal might be doing is literally ordering clothes for the store. But she's not doing any actual work at the store. Like, Claudia is the only one doing work. If Claudia wasn't doing work,
1: nothing would be getting done. Right. And then Claudia says, like, how do we handle paying back the loan? And Chantal says that shouldn't be the height of our worries.
0: I literally screamed at the TV. Yeah. Chantal, it's not at the height of your, because it's not your family's money. It's Claudia's family's money. Like, of course you don't give a shit because you're out nothing if it tanks, other than your reputation.
1: But if you own- just
0: blame it on Claudia anyway, so it's not even like your reputation's in tatters.
1: But so if you own a retail space and your priority isn't to make money, what is your priority?
0: To be cool. Just like Claudia said to Angela, like that's all Chanterrell cares about is like street cred and looking cool and being able to say like, oh, I have a store. Like that's all she cares about.
1: Yikes. Well, it's a painful conversation and I don't think anything is resolved. No. Yeah. We just had to suffer through it and wonder what was going to happen. And we, well, I mean, we know what, how
0: happens because we've looked it up online, but even at the end of the episode, we don't get to find out what happens.
1: I know. Um, and then we have to watch Maggie go surfing with Ryan and his friend. And it's just classic young woman watching her boyfriend do stuff, like standing around watching her boyfriend do stuff. I actually um,
0: thought it was really funny. I wrote like Maggie versus nature. Yes. Maggie does not care for nature. She's she afraid of someone, all of it. All of it. And she thought
1: that someone put the shells on the beach. She said, "Quote: Did someone put these shells on the beach? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know with her sometimes. <laughs> and then is she the one that tells Ryan he smells like a big condom? Yes. In nice his, in
0: his wetsuit. She, yeah. She's like, you smell like a giant condom.
1: Yeah. Um. So then we
0: see but Amy. That's the thing about timeline is she's wearing jeans and like a light sweater. I and know. They're on the beach." So what? Like when is this?
1: That's got to be like October at the latest. Yeah. So yeah. was
0: this must have been filmed way before Art Basel?
1: Yes. And then we see Amy go to feature hair salon for her blowout because um, she says she has an interview and she wants to look good. But then the interview we watch her go on, it's not the same hair. Is it I have that in my notes. So she's okay. her full-on Miss Piggy blowout. Yes. Um, and
0: then at the actual interview, her, her hair is, hair is pretty straight and yeah. straight. So yeah. I was, was proud of myself. Interview or you yeah, you did a good job. So it was either a different interview that she was talking about, or that blowout was like two or three days before the actual interview.
1: Well, because the outfit's not the same either. She's wearing a black in both scenes, but it's a different dress.
0: Yeah. So yep. I don't know. I thought the whole like blowout for the interview thing was strange and nonsensical, but I'm did glad we get to, got to see her like Miss Piggy, like sausage roll Farrah Fawcett blowout one last time.
1: Yeah. It was epic because my note says, ah, her hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so she goes to Bernard Ducci Mizell. She has to say hello to the dog immediately as well. And that this is my news and so yours
0: makes more sense, but I put the, I thought the dog's name was Mookie. M-O-O-K-I-E. Okay. makes more sense. Unless maybe it's a big Italian dog and it's a big old mook.
1: I don't know, but he, he definitely puts the dog on everybody.
0: Yeah. You and, walk in and the first thing you get is that dog.
1: He is just as nice to Amy as he was to Maggie. He's just a very nice person. He tells her that he really liked her writing sample. Um, she gets the same tour that we watched Maggie have of the, you know. But here's the thing.
0: He's a little catty. Because not he only is. do they trash Maggie to her, not knowing she knows Maggie without saying who it is. Yep. He also says, you should see the other writing samples I got. Like, let, I'm going to show them to you sometime. Right. So he is a little like catty and gossiping. I mean, I like a little it, bit, but like, but there's a little bit of that there.
1: Yeah. So what's funny is that as Amy gets the tour and she's hearing about like the artists they work with, the exhibits, they're looking at a storage space, like where they stored the pieces they're not displaying at the moment. Um, Amy's taking notes. And he like, he laughs and he says, I really appreciate your enthusiasm. Like, this is great. And I said, where did Amy get the opposite gene from her experience with Sharon? I'm wondering if it's because this is a paid,
0: it's a job. That's true. You know, it's not an internship. This is a paid gig. It's a job. Um, And she'd already done like a billion internships at this point, but she's never had a paid job before. So I think she
1: showed up with her A game. I mean- Amy
0: knows how to schmooze and gets things done when she needs to.
1: She does. And maybe she got a little like pep in her step from running the pop-up and then seeing her dad and kind of wanted to prove him wrong.
0: I, I think so.
1: Yeah, I agree. My I mean my note says, get it, girl. She's crushing this trial, like from she, start yes. to finish. This,
0: whole, this was her episode. Like after yeah. seven episodes of kind of shitting all over Amy, like this was Amy. They like they finally did her good. This is yep. Amy's time to shine.
1: Yep. And so she he puts her through the Macchiato test. She does nail it. I was watching.
0: Yeah. She aces it.
1: And she's not intimidated by it at all. She was like, Oh, I've worked at plenty of galleries. I know how to make a good cup of coffee. It's like, yeah, go Amy, go. Um, and he compares Amy to Maggie, obviously for Bravo and our sakes and says the job would have been this other woman's, but her enthusiasm level was at zero, which is true. Maggie acts in it. She acts indifferent to everything. Um, and so Amy gets the job and they're open Thursday through Saturday, which is my dream schedule. Can I work Thursday through Saturday? And they congratulate her. She got the gig. I would
0: love to know what it pays.
1: It's gotta be. I mean, obviously
0: she has family money helping her, but like, if you didn't, could you support yourself on a three day a week gig at a gallery? I mean, like you'd have to be a waiter or waitress or work, work somewhere else as well. Like there's just no way.
1: Definitely. No, it probably pays nothing, but to get a paying job at a gallery at that age is a big deal, even if it pays nothing. Like she's not an unpaid intern, finally. Um, So then Maggie gets a call from Frank and says he wants her to come in tomorrow. And she's getting ready to go to Eli's opening um, because she doesn't want to burn bridges, given that she might need a recommendation for Bernaducci Meisel. Yeah. So then we go to the Eli Klein gallery for his latest opening um liz this is actually the only scene with liz yeah um and she she made the most of it because she was a real see
0: you next tuesday
1: yeah she was and jane holzer this is her farewell to the show she shows up with her grandson liz isn't talking to anybody really or does she talk to angela for like a hot second She She says something.
0: I think she talked to Angela really quickly.
1: She says, look at Maggie and her disgusting boyfriend.
0: I I can't remember if she said that to Angela or who she said that to. She
1: may have said to someone we didn't know. Um, but also like you were friends with them. Calm down. They made you mad, but you actually liked Ryan as a person until like two weeks ago. Why don't you just rein it in just a little bit?
0: And that's where, I mean, and again, we talked about this last time, but like she lost me. Like she had the upper hand. She was correct to this argument and then she handled it so poorly. That yeah. She is now, she looks like a bitch and she, you know, she's terrible.
1: Yeah. So Maggie is definitely acting like she got another job and she seems to be talking about it. And it's just really sad to watch because you know, she didn't, you know, yeah. cause we've already seen Amy hit it out of the park. Um, Liz won't say hi to anybody and then who says Liz and her baby bullshit does Maggie say that or does Amy say that
0: I can't remember because I didn't write it down but I think it was Maggie okay I think it was Maggie
1: and they eventually say hi to Bobby and Liz but like it's very passive-aggressive and like they don't have a conversation it's like a passing hello um so then Amy shows up at the opening and she says hello to Jane Holzer and says that she got a new job (laughs) (laughs) um and she tells eli where she got a new job and he says oh really that's the same gallery that gave maggie a job and maggie had already left at this point yes um and then amy says if eli is right that means maggie is the other girl they didn't like
0: and i genuinely felt so really bad for amy in this moment because she is a nice person and she like if this was Like if this was Liz, it would be like, aha, fuck you, I got the job. Almost in any of them. Even maybe Maggie might have been like, fuck you, I got the job over Amy. But poor Amy is such a sweet person that now she's not even completely reveling in her new job because she feels terrible that her friend is the person who got passed over for the job she got.
1: I know. I know. And then we go back to Bernard Ducci-Maisel. Yes. And
0: this
1: (laughs) this was really rough. And Maggie arrives at the gallery. And she's very underdressed, by the way. Like, doesn't she have like jeans and rain boots on? Um, and she I didn't ar-
0: notice her outfit because I was so focused on and traumatized by the coat situation. Oh, because she has her coat on, and like Amy's like, Oh, I have the same coat, different color, whatever. And she's like, Oh, where should I put my coat? And Amy's like, Well, I hung mine up in the closet in the back. And basically, it just seemed like it was very awkward. Maggie was preparing to hang up her coat because she was staying because she got the job, and yep. Amy was kind of like, "Oh, maybe you should hold on to your coat because you're not going to be here."
1: For yes, long. yes, it was, it was rough. So then Frank has Maggie sit in his office, and I actually felt bad for Maggie a little bit. I don't think. I mean, I really hope that jobs don't call you in to let you know point by point why you didn't get a job. You can just call me and let me know I didn't get the job. That's fine.
0: Yeah, I I was traumatized. I wrote my notes. Amy didn't get the job and told she had a really shitty interview and that Amy knocked it out of the park. And um, they say we wanted to give you the courtesy of like coming in and telling you in person, but in actuality, I felt like that's not a courtesy. We to give you the courtesy of humiliating you in person on camera.
1: Yeah. Um, so he says that he didn't get the sense that she was that interested and she didn't want to seem to learn anything, which I don't blame him for getting that impression, but that's very painful to hear given Maggie is so afraid and like, so reserved, you know, that like, he really like shook her to the core, um, and she cries in front of them. And she says that she doesn't think that's true. And it's so sad. Like, it's really sad And then she gets in a cab and she calls Ryan and it's just, and Amy actually was very sweet to her on the way out, which makes it even more painful. Um, And then uh, so Amy, let's see. Oh, Amy says she doesn't want her new job to ruin their friendship. And she says, all I know is that Maggie's going to get a great job somewhere.
0: (laughs) Amy is an amazing person.
1: I know. Um, And then this is where my note says, sidebar, if that was her first day of work, why did she dress like that? She had jeans and rain boots on. Yeah. If you thought you were showing up to your fancy new job, Maggie.
0: Well, and and I will say for Frank, like he should have, I mean, if you truly wanted to help this young woman, he should have said to her, like, yes, this is what you did wrong in the interview. Um, I believe that you probably are passionate about art, but it's not coming through when you interview. So yeah. uh, your next interview, you really need to be a little bit more gregarious and outgoing and show more of a can-do attitude. Like that's uh, instead of saying like, I don't think you're passionate, like I don't yeah. this is not the this is not the career for you. I mean, he he went from being a nice supportive person to really just crushing the fuck out of her dreams.
1: I know. And it's so when she calls Ryan from the cab too, she goes, my dad's going to be so disappointed. Oh, like she yeah. can't like, she's like blubbering. It's so painful. And then the series ends with like a little montage of each girl, like doing nothing basically.
0: Yeah. I was very disappointed in the end. I, my last note was that this episode had so much delicious smoking in it. And there was a lot of I know. Smoking a little montage at the end. But um, I was very disappointed. I mean, do we think it's because Bravo fully thought that they were going to get another season so they didn't wrap things up? Because there's no, I mean, there was no um, reunion. Like there was no even, I mean, now at Bravo shows we at least we get a little bit of like writing on the screen saying like, this is what they're up to now. Or, you know, this is what happened to end of century. But it it ended so open-ended.
1: I know. I don't know. And like, they kind of set it up for a second season with Amy getting a job and like end of century that conveniently busted on its own. It could have been a good second season. I'm not sure.
0: Um, my other question for you is because I have the mind of like a sieve. So nothing sticks now. Do we, I don't remember how long did Amy end up working there?
1: Oh, I can check. Did she work there for a
0: decent amount of time or was this just like an in and out? Like here one um, minute and gone the
1: next let me check it was actually on her linkedin i remember that but all my all my notes on my caddy catalogs are at the bottom of my document let me check
0: because i felt like i mean angela barely made an appearance in this episode too i mean it was very like maggie amy centric really maggie centric actually
1: so bernarducci Mizel was listed as an internship of hers weird Yeah. Well, it could have been a
0: a paid internship. It was a
1: paid internship and it was probably competitive because most, most gallery internships are unpaid. Yeah. So to call it a job is that's a very, that's a young twenties person thing to do, but yeah.
0: But again, I mean, Maggie must not be out anything because she wasn't getting paid at Eli Klein. I'm assuming her parents are paying her rent.
1: Yeah. But now she doesn't even have an internship. And that's probably why her parents agreed to pay her rent was that she was at least doing something, but she quit. Well,
0: I'm sure she can get another one. How hard is it to get a free job? In the world of art, they make it look pretty hard. The I hard don't know. I <laughs> <laughs> um, I well, don't... that's our end to gallery girls. I know. So should be announced to everyone what our next show is going to be. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we um we so we went through a list. We have our our huge list and um I went through the list and found all of the shows that could be watched for free. Because uh, we don't want those of you who watch along with us to have to pay for shows. Um, yeah. And actually, you guys, you can comment in the future if you don't mind doing shows that you have to pay for or you don't need to watch along with us. Let us know because the list is getting smaller and smaller of shows that we can watch for free. But we also don't want to
1: alienate any of you. So
0: reach out to also, and let us know.
1: Yeah, I'm also curious if people really do re-watch with us or they just listen to us babble about it. Well, I know
0: some people do because okay. people have reached okay, good. out to me.
1: So, you know, good. so
0: let us know. Um, so because we may have to delve out of the free arena here soon. But we are going to be doing filthy rich cattle drive,
1: Yeehaw. which is where we
0: first get to meet Courtney Kardashian, who's one of my faves. Brittany Gastineau is in it as well. You can watch it completely for free on the nbc.com app, um, which is how I was watching Gallery Girls um also if you have hulu live not the regular hulu but hulu live which is like the one where you can watch live tv on you can watch it there as well awesome for those of you who don't mbc.com you can watch it totally for free so i am very excited to delve into this i think i watched it the first time around but i honestly don't remember i definitely
1: did not Definitely and do not. It
0: only has four and a half stars on um, IMDb. So I'm excited. I feel like the lower the star rating, <laughs> the more excited I am. Because I think The Hills has like 2.8. So like the lower the star rating, the more excited I get about a reality show.
1: Okay. Or is it going to be like Princess of Malibu where we cram episodes into one because we can't take it anymore?
0: Um, it could be either. But I mean, the online reviews are pretty funny. So I think, I mean, I I could literally watch Kourtney Kardashian talk in a monotone and do nothing. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine
1: with it. Perfect. That seems like her specialty. Awesome. So um, hopefully we'll be seeing you guys
0: in about two weeks, and we can get our filthy rich cattle drive on. Yeehaw!
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful.
0: You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at One Hit Pod. You can email us at at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink, and you can find me on Twitter at Hey It's Mare B. Please remember to rate and subscribe and have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.